everyone and welcome back to the Target Transfers podcast, the number one heat printing podcast in the world. Today, Andy and I are thrilled to be joined by Martin again, our managing director here at Target. We've managed to pull him in for another podcast episode. Happy to be with us today. I'm very happy. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I've been watching them intently fantastic content we're going to be talking today a little bit about because you've been in the industry for a long time a lot of experience longer than i care to mention but yeah a long time and you've seen a lot of people come and go through the business i'm pretty sure you've got some advice for printers that could really help them coming into the new year for 2023 so we're going to talk a little bit about that we're also going to talk about why you should enter the print industry uh, rather than any other business um it is a fairly easy industry to get into with the right education which we are very happy to provide you with here at Target um, and other types of heat printing businesses you can start so giving you some ideas if this is something you've been thinking about doing some different um, maybe areas or target markets you could look into um, and why now is the perfect time to start a heat printing business so without further ado we'll kick off and have you got any pieces of advice that come to the front of your mind for somebody who's in the print industry going into next year I am um, yes I do um we are going into some uncharted waters in that we're all being told that there's a recession. But in our industry, in my experience over 32, 33 years, is that um, the entrepreneurial spirit is always alive and kicking and you see more of it in a downturn. Um, people tend to dig a bit deeper, start to consider their options um, and start to invest in education and, and try and push. I think in every recession we've ever had in this country, I can't speak for every country in the world, but there's always an upspring of uh, new talent and entrepreneurs either doing a side hustle and expanding on that or just taking opportunities when they arise. Uh, there will be some companies across the nation that don't quite uh, don't get through next year. They could have some challenges, but then that leaves in its wake other people to come through. And, and if they are ready, primed, uh, got the education and, and uh, the footspar to go ahead, they'll actually really do quite well. Um, I think there are some challenges next year for anyone who's in the business or going into it. Um, I think they need to uh, buy as they sell. I think they need to be uh, careful on where they put their money. Uh, I wouldn't be, and I wouldn't be here, I run this business and have done for a long time. I would share the principles that I have running this place with everyone who's out there. I wouldn't go investing in large pieces of hungry equipment when it comes to energy. I would be holding back a little bit on that. I am holding a little bit back on that um we are very frugal on if we don't need a piece of equipment we'll turn it off um a lot of the equipment that we actually use here in manufacturing doesn't have the whistles and bells that some of the equipment that i sell does so it doesn't turn itself off if it's not being used it just sits there burning gas and electric all day and all night we run we run a very long shift so looking at your costs is a, is a real key one for me for everyone next year and else um if you can get more for your money uh, if you can turn off the equipment you don't need, hold back on those big investments. Cash is going to be king uh, and emperor next year. So if you can hang on to your cash, not invest too heavily. If I was you, maybe that might only be for a year or two, but it looks like it's going to probably be for a little while. If I could generate income in a more efficient and smarter way, I will and would, and I'd suggest everyone else does that. So um if you can hold off big investment but you can get in quite small scale it up um only buy what you need and then what you, when you do buy you cram orders together um we turn orders really quick to give our customers the opportunity to maybe go a bit slower they wait till they've got five or six orders together gang them crush them into a sheet um even for vinyl for k-cut vinyl if they've got black and white orders gang them you know if you've got a meter of vinyl put as many orders on that sheet as you possibly can use the scraps, do whatever you can. The easiest, the quickest way to uh, save money is to reduce your costs. No one's gonna grow their sales by 10, 20% next year, but they can definitely save their costs by 10%. Let the incremental savings, um, that'd be my best advice for anyone next year is just uh, pay as you go, almost. Like a SIM rather than an expensive iPhone. You <laughs> That's know, a good, good metaphor. Just, yeah, just, yeah. just keep the costs, just keep a real eye on those. If you've never had a focus on that, keep focus on, on your costs next year. Yeah. Sure. And you said something about the um, heat presses that we have now being efficient in being able to turn themselves on and off. They That's not something off. that people have had the luxury of in the past. No, and I don't think people have really minded. Um, and if you're really busy, they'll stay on. Every time you touch them and activate them, they're going to stay on. Um, but um, it's a bit like the, I'm, I'm going to probably keep referring to iPhones, but all modern equipment nowadays um, has a kind of a power save, a slowdown, 
that type of thing. And if you're not using the equipment, um, most of our machines, all the Fusion IQ range, for sure, will all go to sleep. Um, so uh, they're there when you need them, but they, uh, they're not costing you money when they're not being used, which is essential. Turn it on in the morning and leave it on for eight hours and it doesn't turn off. That's a lot of money that you're losing. That's all your margins disappearing without you seeing them. So, yeah, you've got to keep an eye on that. But, yeah, our equipment does that. Not all equipment does, but our equipment does. I just wish my, the majority of my production equipment did that for me as well, <laughs> which unfortunately doesn't. The Hotronics don't make those. If only they did. I think it's a good point. It's something that has been one of the most important things that our biggest clients have been asking us is how can I be more efficient? How can I bring my cost down? Mostly from a time savings point of view, but advice that I would give to people, especially if there's if you have a moment over Christmas or any quieter periods, actually just to take the time and walk yourself through every point of your business. Yeah. Like when an order comes in or before an order comes in, when it comes in, and just follow it around check your building. Process. You've got like to check what can the I process. do smarter yeah. at every single yeah. point? Yeah. Be it cost saving, time saving. We do that daily. We're always I it's my job is to work on the business, not in it, is to just keep looking at where the money's being made, where the costs are, and how we can share efficiencies with people. And we're very happy to share, I mean, any tips and tricks we find for efficiencies in our business, we share with customers. I mean, it's it, it's in our favor. Um, uh, it, it seems like we're giving all the all the, all the the secrets also away, but I mean, you know, we're all in this together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd say that one of Martin's big things that he's been working on over the last year or so is, is to have the flow of product through our transfer manufacturing process we've had we've expanded a lot over the last 18 months we've got yeah. a lot more machinery we've got a lot more lines we've had to move the building Which around comes a lot. With challenges we've got a big warehouse now yeah um but there's a lot of efficiencies where we've moved every part of the process partly to make sure we make sure our two-day turnaround is intact also just from a kind of um common sense point of view a lot of it's like okay yeah, most of it is common sense we're so busy we can you know even customers they can get just way laid in just getting the job done and all the all the facets of the business is quite complex but at the end of the day you want to get from the concept that's in someone's mind onto a shirt so even for us is we need to get ink on paper and polyester and through and out the door accurately and efficiently as quickly as possible um and even two days is too long in my opinion it doesn't take us two days to print a transfer but it, it takes us that long to get through all the processes so we're always trying to drill that down and the quicker something is the cheaper it becomes to make it um, and that's the same for customers as well so the more efficient they are um, I wouldn't want them to see any fresh air on a sheet of transfers or any any color vinyl going in the bin I would want to see every square inch covered with a graphic that is being sold or is a prospecting piece for another order down the line it's essential that next year more than ever i think but they are key principles really shouldn't let your costs run away you've got to be very careful with that yeah i think as well it's something that like you say not throwing the scraps away even if you hold on to them for six months or even longer vinyl we're talking about here obviously not transfers because you order mm. those like specifically for your designs um but you never know when you're going to need them and you might throw them away and then two months later go oh, i could have used that and i've got to buy another meter and all things like that that you say can reduce being your costs overall in a business is a quality mm. <laughs> it's not it shouldn't be overlooked it's a real quality in life you know you look after your business like your grandma would look after everything you know as thrifty as possible make and mend and make do and, and make the most of what you've got especially going into what is perceived to be a bit of a rocky period next year fantastic opportunity but keep an eye on your costs and you'll thrive yeah. those who don't do that will really suffer I think they'll really suffer. They won't. Their money will be burning away in equipment that they hoped last year was a good idea to get, and it's, um, it's it, it could really hurt them. Yeah. Which I'm not happy about. I mean, it's you know, if we could educate the world and help more people, we would, and I would, um, because I don't want to see anybody suffer because it's a short-term um, situation next year probably. Um, but we want everyone to come out thriving at the other end of it. Yeah, well, it's what we do as a business, isn't it? Every day, I mean, we talk to customers on how to help them become more efficient, how to produce high quality products. Everything that we do is to help our customers. Industry, really, isn't yeah, it? but obviously, the better our customers do, the better we do. So it's not just a case of your your favorite analogy that you always tell me is the whole white picket fence thing. And you go, we want to build a relationship and actually have that long term relationship yeah, with a customer. Long term relationship with customers, yeah. Help. And that's not just the one time sale, and it's the same, no, I suppose, forever. for our customers yeah, and their customers. Long term value of their customers as well. Yeah. So, um, 
the, the big challenge that most customers will have is if they have to cut back on costs too far and they cut them back in the wrong area, their quality will drop and then they won't get repeat business. And everything in life is about, everything in business for me is about repeat business, but that comes down to loyalty, quality and continuous support. Um, and we need to help them do that. But uh, it's a very easy thing to do, save costs. When you start looking, I could save anyone 10%. Sit down for an hour because I could save you 10%. There you go. That's a challenge for anyone listening. If you can save 10% of your business. 10%. It's such an easy thing to do. It's just that, you know, life is complex and busy. And even companies have subscriptions like you would at home with phones and Netflix and um, Apple and things like that. Businesses have them. So you can cut them back. There's a lot of things you can do for sure. For sure. I want to touch on the print on demand thing that you mentioned mm -hmm. just now. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people need to be thinking about doing if they're not already. And it might not have been, not a lot of people do it as far as I'm, I can see, as far as we see on socials every day, our customers talking to our account managers, that kind of thing. And I think maybe it's because of the way you used to order transfers. It wasn't so easy as order one sheet and it arrives in two days. You used to have to order the whole thing. You'd print it and get it out to the customer. But now you can literally wait for the orders to come in before you yeah. print the transfers. And we were talking to Danielle yesterday on another podcast episode about utilizing mock-ups and templates and things. So you don't even have to make the product before no, you sell it. I think as long as customers are transparent with their customers, say, this is just a simulation of what it would look like. If you want to commit, we'll make a shirt for you. You don't have to spend money to get a concept. You don't have to, especially with all the whistles, whistles and bells like Canva and fantastic bits of software that are out there. That are free and easy to do. I think most people have kind of latched onto that, but you don't need loads of samples. Um, if you can prove that you can do uh, a football shirt or a school shirt, it's obvious you could do workwear. So you could, you don't need. I see people, customers that have got thousands of pounds worth of high vis vests, jackets, coats, dickies, trousers, loads, lots of expense. They probably spent a couple of thousand pounds, but they really didn't need to. You can say to someone. I can do anything on textile and say, can you do high-vis? The chances are you, you haven't got the high-vis vest they want anyway. So all of those things you can you can pull back on. And yeah, it's quicker and easier to deliver a visual over an email and a text and Teams and Zoom and one of the other thousand ways that we can all communicate now. It looks more polished. You know, um, all of the third-party suppliers of garments will allow you to... Uh, um, mock up with their designs anyway from the trade. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a much quicker and easier way. Yeah, it's a good point. Marketing, you can compete with the big boys now with marketing. Anybody with a little bit of inkling online for free across social channels and email, you can create wonderful concepts and send them out. And you can compete with the high street stores for perfection and sharpness and speed. If they want the samples, they can buy one, can't they? How do you think transfer technology has changed a lot in the last couple of years especially since sort of I've been here and he's been here we've seen obviously ultra color come out now we've got DTF which is one minimum order which is just unheard of in this industry how do you think that has affected how people run their businesses and moving into next year how they can take advantage of all of those benefits well our long-term goal was to give everybody what they wanted when they wanted it how they needed it but that was easier said than done so we thought long and hard about how you um, supply those prints to people and how quick they really would need them. So we, like I said earlier, we're trying to get our production down to hours and a day, not 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 two or three. So um, the goal was the quicker that we can give the customer what they asked for, the quicker they can deliver it, the quicker they can offer it to their customer, the quicker the customer can say, I need more, or someone's just been hired, I need another high-vis jacket, blah, blah. Um, or they find out that like we just had this morning um, uh, a school, they've missed a school leaver. Can they get another print? They've missed one of the children from a class, which is heartbreaking for the school. It's heartbreaking for the child. So, yeah, absolutely. You can get that done with Ultra Color Max. We could do that. So it meant that they could say yes to every job. They never really need to say no, it's too late. They can receive their place, their order on a Saturday night or Sunday night, get it delivered to them by the Tuesday, Wednesday get a reorder in if they need to. And by the end of the week, they've had maybe one or two reorders up, up, you know, they've uplifted the order, created more, turned it quick, invoiced it quicker, been able to get paid quicker, great for cash flow for them. Um, and then go, go and repeat and repeat. So we took um, what was a three, four day turnaround in office hours into a way that they could order, like they would a moon pick card or a calendar on, 
um, funky pigeon, that type of thing. Keep it as simple as possible, make it as user-friendly as people are used to in their domestic life as consumers. Um, give them visualizers so they can see it. So there's no doubt on what they're gonna get back. Give it to them, um, commit and honor the promise. We're going to do it in two days. You're going to get it in two days. You're going to be able to do what we tell you you can do. We're going to film it and show you how to fuse it. This is what it looks like so that they had no doubt. Because if you're running a business and you're dependent on another supplier, there's a lot of what ifs, concerns and worries and a lack of control. Um, it's a bit like uh, ordering a taxi and hoping it turns up. The big thing about modern technology with um, the biggest cab companies there's many out there but say uber for one um it's because you know when it's coming you know who the driver is and you know how much it's going to be you're not going to get fleeced it's just there's no fear the fear wasn't getting taxes the fear was not knowing if it turned up and i'll go back and have another beer or watch the rest of the tv show until it turns up because you now know when it's going to arrive you can plan your time and if you're a sole trader that's everything because you don't have to worry about the transfers. You placed it Sunday night. You know, Monday you've got things to do. If you could come and collect it Monday evening, but um, you can plan your week. You haven't got to um, um, put everything on hold, not knowing. So uh, we found that that's essential, really. That's helping. I would say as well as that for a lot of the people listening, the feedback from your perspective customers that we've had sort of fed to us is that turn time is everything. And there's so many people that we've helped over the last few years bringing their turn time down because that is a competitive advantage to getting more business in. Yeah. If you can turn things from like, take it from say two weeks, the whole process from two weeks to one week, it's everything. That's how it could be enough to clinch the order in the first place. They could place. turn 20 times more work in a month, really, couldn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I know of some customers that have, they've maybe taken a small order at school leavers, but within two or three hours of receiving it, they knew it was coming. They got a prompt from DPD saying it's en route. It's this many stops away. They turn their press on, you know, dinner's ready. I mean, the shirt, the transfers turn up, the shirt's fused and they're going out warm um, and they can supply them within a couple of hours. But, you know, it's a, a bit like um, having uh, some maintenance on a, on a boiler. You've, they say between 10 in the morning and six at night. That's no good, is it? You can't, you've got to put your life on hold. So, and we deal with a lot of sole traders. They, they you know, time is everything to them. They got way many hats. So, uh, you know, it has been, I mean, and I just want to make it quicker for them, quicker, more efficient, as easy as possible. It's fluid, you know, we're just an extension of them. So uh, the communication needs to be on point really. Yeah, so it's not really just about how quickly you can get the order out the door. It's how many orders you can produce per day or per week. So regardless of how quickly you get it to the customer, it's also about how much profit you can make per month. Like we did the productivity video, obviously, about cutting your time down. So that has a massive impact as well. And the way that people have ordered transfers has, changes, has changed as well in the last. How long have we had Easyview now? A year, two years? Two, two years. Two, so two years. Yeah, two yeah. and a bit. Yeah, that was quite a dramatic change for us. I mean, it was an essential one for us. I mean, we're all um, consumers at heart, mm -hmm. aren't we, outside of work? So we've all bought things on Amazon and had full communication. You don't have to ring Amazon and ask you where your parcel is. That's all automated. And we're in a, a, a creative graphic industry. So there's not really any different between one of us ordering on Funky Pigeon, any of those types of sites anyway. So it became really clear to us that even though it's business, it doesn't need to be stale. It needs to be contemporary. We need to kind of bring the delivery Uber tech to a point into what we do and um, have a lot more communication with our customer, but not delay their day, not, not get in their way. So um, our orders used to be email in, we'd look at the file. Hopefully it was the file the customer intended to send. Um, I bet that was a disaster if they sent the wrong one. <laughs> Have you ever be, printed them be, wrong Because before? a lot of people called the file transfers. Oh, that's helpful. Yeah, so you didn't actually know really what it was. So you had to describe it to each other, which sounds crazy. I mean, this is going back a few years. Um, then we would agree on on what that would be suitable for. We'd send it to the studio. The studio would decide if it was of quality and it was suitable for the process that the customer intended. There'd be lots of ping pong emails, phone calls, going back and forth, just to clarify, just to make sure what you sent is what we received. Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll look how you expect it. You need to take that on faith if you've never used us before. You know, we've been at it a long time, but you don't know what a transfer will look like. And it's a different media to an email and, you know, printed sheet. So it could look slightly different. 
uh, in their eyes. So we thought we need to make this completely transparent. So um, we have um, uh, uh, an online portal called EasyView. Um, and basically, it was just a way of visually translating what the customer intended us to print. But they see it. They upload it. It's not just an attachment name. They see it in its glory. It counts the colors. It tells you the size. It tells you the instant price. You can walk away and decide not to buy. You can forward that uh, visual and send it to your customer, change the base color and say it's going on to bright yellow hoodies, send it to your customer via email, your colleagues, your friends, whoever you need to. We don't need to get involved with that unless you want us to. Then you can place your order. If you pay, and if, if you pay there and then if you're on account, you, the order goes straight in, straight through, is dynamically checked uh, for data, color, font, all that good stuff, quality of resolution, and goes straight to the studio. We don't get in the way of it. You know, we used to get in the way of ourselves. Um, it goes straight through to production. So someone's sitting there and it's the next one they see, they open it, they artwork it. It could be in production within 10, 15 minutes. So um, for us, we took out all the barriers we had, gave the customers fluid visual um, uh, eyes on their own file. We knew exactly what they were sending. We were looking at identically the same file on the same platform um and it made perfect sense now i know feedback that i personally get and i hear from this, the uh, customer service team is that that isn't the case in the industry still people are still trying to catch up with that um, um and it really does create a lot more questions and delays and anxiety which is like the uber thing you know the cab is coming so you relax whereby you ring a, new, a cab in the past you didn't know if it's going to turn up so you kind of work in blind when you look back at it you're working blind if you can't physically see the graphic file that you've sent to a graphic company to print mm. if you upload a picture a, a photograph of someone put it on a calendar on Moonpig or whatever it be you see it instantly you know what you're getting you know you know who's on january who's on february who's on march you know it's super simple and quick and easy it takes a lot of thinking and technology behind the scenes but it works perfectly and what we found is it probably reduced you know 30, 40,000 phone calls and emails a year that customers didn't want to make anyway. That was going to be my next point, that it's not just more transparent, but it's quicker and it's much it's easier. It's quicker. It's um, It puts you at ease. If I buy something for this company, it's a large uh, uh, enterprise here, I want to get eyes on it, but I can spend hundreds of thousands of pounds on equipment and I've seen it at a trade show or I've seen a video of them making it, but I haven't really seen it until it arrives. Um, and if I could get, like I was saying about the Hotronics and making my machines out in production, if I could get eyes, if every industry was like that and it was completely transparent, you saw what you got before you bought it, it took all the questions away and you just went, order, give it to me, I want it as quick as possible. You then, once you've got that faith, you repeat, repeat, repeat. Because there's no hidden agenda, there's no, oh, I wasn't sure if I should ask that question. Yeah, we try to make it as simple as possible and it has paid dividends and the feedback from customers is great i'm glad we did it i wish i'd done it earlier but you know we've got it now hindsight's yeah. a wonderful thing well, one thing um that might be quite useful for everyone listening so obviously this is something that like i said no one else in the uk is offering true online ordering p transfers it's it was quite even though i'm sure many people listening like it just makes sense to do that but it was quite a disruptive thing to do yeah, it was. Um, but first, we had to um, disrupt ourselves. We did. to do it. Yeah, we were happy to do that. I mean, we're not comfortable. Um, um, and I'm quite happy to not be comfortable. I like to get in, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You, you don't know. grow when you're comfortable. You do, not. Impression. you do not. And I know it's a bit of a cliche, and it's said a lot, is that once you get used to it, nothing is that scary. Uh, nothing, I think I say to you guys and the rest of the team, you can't break anything. Can physically break i could break this but you can't please don't <laughs> no, no, you can't really break the process and if you if you if you accelerate your mistakes uh and you try you find you learn quicker so if you make mistakes monday tuesday wednesday thursday by friday you've got a better solution but mm. if you don't take a chance you don't know do you so yeah we did disrupt it for the right reasons because we could see that customers i think had a list of probably 120 steps that we were going through, some of them were mini steps, but they could all go away. There was no reason for them to be there anymore, but it was because we'd already always done it like that. And like you said, there's a lot of people in a similar air industry and similar ones who are still doing form filling to, an, to a level that you think, but you know who I am, why have I got to put my name in? That's my address. 
you know, there's dynamic ways on websites that the address can be pulled in anyway. I want to see my all my files I've given you. I don't want to ch check through 10,000 emails. I want to go and look at a portal. I want to do what I do with my gas bill, my, my, my Sky account. I want to do all those things. But why is it that business has to be a dinosaur and my domestic life on my phone is all singing and all dancing? So that's, yeah, we were um, kind of ahead of the curve, but behind general um, census that people wanted that kind of technology. So, yeah, it was overdue, but we had to disrupt our own model. And it was for the better for customers, for sure. I would say going back to your point earlier about trying to find time savings, money savings, is that if any, if you could do one thing after listening to this podcast, is just go go back away and write down ways you could disrupt yourself afterwards and think about what you can do and just having that mindset of being comfortable with disruption because it nearly always leads to an aha moment of like, okay, well, some clarity about what we really need to be doing or what you listening need to be doing to help your customers as well. Yeah, and I one thing that fascinates me as I get older and hopefully a bit wiser is that business, it doesn't matter what business you're in, it's all fairly similar really. You're trying to uh, fulfill a need, uh, fix a problem, um, and the processes that other industries that you would think are not related to yours are quite common. So when you dissect the fact that we um, so we import the Hotronics machines from our brothers and sisters in the US and we ship them out. So we're not the only people that import things and ship things. And how do people do that quickly? So I would go off and look at companies like Amazon and others and think big, think huge. How do they do it really efficiently? I don't want to learn. I don't want to make any mistakes. I want to learn from all the ones they fixed. We're not quite there yet. We haven't got robots, but we will get there one day. Um, and with production, we're trying to produce something that only takes a certain amount of time to do. But then when you look at the process that we would have had in the past and others have got, you think, but it sits on a desk, then it sits on this desk. It sits in dead spots for longer than it's actually being touched. Well, how do they can beans and make bars of chocolate? It's just a conveyor, isn't it? It's, it's a short distance, continuous line, the few steps and stages as possible yes there's lots of conveyors in there but if you can shorten the distance and you know we've got customers that uh, have a cargo door they have the t-shirts come in fusing rooms on the second floor they take all the shirts upstairs and bring all the shirts downstairs and ship them out you think just move the press they're really easy things mm -hmm. but you think well the press room's always been up there because the people that work up there love that and the plugs are there you think well it's cheaper to move the plugs than it is to pay salaries and get a forklift and Yada yada, all all the logistics of that. So, yeah, it is looking at all of those costs um, and comparing yourself against other businesses, and even asking us questions. You know, when you guys do your lives, ask the questions, we'll answer them. You know, we're part of a big group with lots of different moving parts, and we're very happy to share all the knowledge that we've gained over the last ninety years. It's funny, isn't it? Because it's almost like when you make those changes, you can't imagine doing it any other way. Like, I can't imagine not using EasyView for people to order their transfers now. Like, how else would that be done? And it's it's going backwards, if anything, isn't it? We've almost just it stepped into backwards. the and standard time, we should have been at. Well, we all have, you know, some people are more successful, some people are quicker at, uh, with aptitude of doing things. Um, uh, they've already got a building they can work in, but we've all got 24 hours. What can you do with the 24 hours? You've got to try and do a little bit more or reduce your costs within that period. So, yeah, anything that we can do, and we are, you know, the next incarnation of Easy View and other benefits kind of in the pipeline. So anything that we can do to, you know, give people uh, better tools to make things quicker for themselves and, and uh, get more sales for them, the better, really. That's, that's my goal for 2023. You know, um, Andy's smiling because he knows some of the projects. But, yeah, I mean, everything is really with the customer. You're making mind. me nervous now. <laughs> no, they're all good things. I mean, it takes a lot of planning and thinking. But, you know, most of our direction for 2023 is education, tools and uh, tips for people just to improve what they're currently doing um, and, and go heavy on that. Really, really go for it uh, more than we've ever done, really, just mm. to help them out because we see that that's a real gap for them you know, we need to help people more. So obviously with, you mentioned there's going to be more education for people about printing, how to start a business, I'm assuming, how to create good products, yeah, all of the stuff we talk about. we're going to take it from cradle to grave, but, you know, um, really cover every aspect. Yeah. Um, because we get a real variation of questions because we're in a real, we're in a very creative industry where the marketplace is everywhere. It is schools, work, where, work rest and play. I think that was a Mars 
slogan. Um, but it's everywhere. It's during your days, your evenings, your weekends, and your leisure time, and it covers all of those markets. Um, so there is, you know, a vast. The principles of business are the same. You've got to make more than you spend. You know that you could you could apply that to anything. Um, have fun doing it as well. That's a big thing for me. You've got to have some fun doing it, or it's really not worth it. Um, but there are lots of lessons to be shared with people, and we are going to try and uh, orchestrate those so that they're in a very logical uh, rollout for people. So, would you say that now is the right time or the best time to consider? starting a heat printing business or to consider breaking into the industry I think the best time was last week i think they say that used to say that about property but i don't <laughs> think that would be the same for next year um yeah i gain you not as much knowledge as possible but like i was trying to say newspapers uh, and tv networks they have to fill time so they have to share with news um i think there's been one one day in the law in all the years of the bbc where there was no news there was once no news they just played music there was no news. And some days there isn't any news, but they sell advertising and they want to pump you with fear and anxiety and everything else for one reason or another. Um, but it's never as bad as they think. Um, it will be a bit tough next year, but it will go away. It's not like a pandemic, which is life-threatening. It is less serious. We've got to say that it's less serious than what we've all been through. Heat printing is fun at the end of the it day. Is I know it can be stressful it's if you're running a business, but it is fun enjoyable. It's super creative. And there are so many opportunities um out there and i think they're only going to expand because mm. we've come through lockdown events are on concerts uh sporting events are bigger than ever there's a massive want and uh, some of the big branding companies out there are making huge investments we know that all around the world it's uh, it's gonna absolutely explode um and you can tap tap into any of those markets once you found your niche mm. once you found your golden market area um yeah no you'll thrive you'll absolutely thrive and we'll be there to help you through it have you got any specific target markets or niches that come to the forefront of your mind? You mentioned about different areas you can get into that are going to grow over the next year or two. I think a real untapped one, and we've seen it the last couple of years, and there's quite a few uh, people in the industry that um, um, work on this, but I would advise everyone to look at um, repeating business. Um, there's nothing harder if you're a sole trader or a small business to you go and get the sale, you fulfill the sale, you invoice for the sale, and then you have to go and find another one. Um, if you're dealing with, uh, say, you're in an area like Braintree, there's lots of chimney pots, there's about 15 schools from primary school, secondary to fire sec uh, school. Within 15 miles of here, there's a university, a couple of colleges. Um, there is enough income in the sector to do school leaver, school trip, um, sports days, events, drama club, geography club, all those types of things. There's enough income for a small business to run in just off the back of that. And you won't get all the business that you wouldn't expect to. Then you look at all the businesses um, that you can work with, that um, they've got members of staff that will churn, um, building sites, um, um, merchants that sell um, um, sand and aggregate and things like that. I've got builders coming in every day. They wear high-vis vests. They're very quick and easy to print. They lose them. They get damaged. They can't wear it, can't sight without them. That's repeating business. It's not a one-off. Um, if uh, you look at um, sports locally, if they have the school, they have the sports events, they've all got sports uniforms, there is a restriction on how many logos go on to school wear now to give parents a bit of a break so it's not too expensive. Um, but you've probably got every school blazer could be uh, embroidered with uh, a heat seal badge on that. Um, and you've got all of the um, teams like rugby, football. I know where I live, there's about um, 60, 70 teams, football teams in one club for all the ages from tots up to like men's. Um, so you've got... Uh, hoodies, sweatshirts, tracksuits. It's a lot of badges. And if they gang together, you can make really good money out of that. So not just gonna it wasn't not just gonna January first, everyone just starts wearing black t shirts and we're wearing the same thing, are we? It's always gonna be something that needs a heated embellishment to go onto it. It is, and we're human beings by that. We just want to associate with our tribe. If that's you know young fitness brand or it's humorous, it's a rock band or it's uh you know, political statement, whatever it be. 
Um, and in England, I mean, it's getting warmer, but we live in a country where you're not going to walk around in trunks and flip-flops all day. So there'll always be T-shirts, there'll always be hoodies, always be sweatshirts. Mm. And, and branding is just ballooned. It's grown. In all my years, it's bigger than it's ever been. Um, the options for blanks that are out there are immense and very trendy, very on point. They're not, you could always just be able to tell the difference between a promo shirt and a something you'd find in a shop. But now there's just a kind of a complete blurring of lines. So, yeah, it's a huge business. I mean, I think we're just getting going here and we've been going at it for a long time. Um, I think it's huge, absolutely huge industry. I think that's a good point about people wanting to associate with their tribe or their band as well, because I think that's something that we've noticed a lot over the last couple of years with, especially with the new um, customers that we brought on, is that there's so many more niches that have opened up and a lot of people want to be very specific with their interests because they've had, especially during the pandemic, where there's lots of times you just sit and think yeah. and explore and find more people like yourself in some ways. Yeah. And I think that probably that's something that would be true next year. If, if you know, There would be certain things that would be harder, but the a way of escaping that is to find and kind of double down on your own personal interests. So if you're providing um clothing for a brand for instance you might find that actually they are more successful next year because they've got more people wanting to find have some sort of escapism through their clothing or through a shared interest yeah. they have with that brand yeah and smart people younger smart people there with one of the greatest things about social media for me looking at it with teenage children is that everyone can find their people when it comes to tribe and they the niche is is, is is tighter than a niche i would have expected years ago you'd say niche it's either schools or sports but it's a niche within a niche within a niche there's so many we haven't heard of now either like um phil from 34 north who came on was talking about bobsled i had no idea what that was well we don't get a lot of snow so i understand that but well that and yeah, then what was no, danielle's one from yesterday um, um, the, um just all the sports they're just yeah there's so yeah. many of them now yeah life is rich isn't it mm -hmm. And there's so many, so many niches and you don't need, you don't need to be selling high ticket items. I think a lot of people come along and they think, oh, okay, I'm going to do a brand and I'm going to sell a, a hoodie for 75 pounds. You think there's a reason why some of those brands sell at that price. One, the quality is of, you know, a real high level. Um, and they've spent a lot of time on marketing and it's a lifestyle, but in the niche market, it's more about kind of repeat. Um, we spoke about uh, a young lady yesterday on a, a social channel. Her following was immense. And that was super niche, wasn't it? Super, super yeah, niche. Yeah, really, really niche. And she was just making uh, one-off T-shirts. Um, she was just having a bit of fun with, and it was just... Primarily like, on TikTok. Yeah, and she was getting like 2 million views yeah. um, per video off the yeah. back of it. Using, it using the equipment. I mean, it's just yeah. incredible. It's just incredible. But yeah, I mean, um, there are riches in niches. I mean, it's a cliche, but it's true. Mm. Uh, if you try and do what everyone else is doing and follow, follow the herd, you'll get... A, a share of, of a very small percentage so um, yeah take take a bit of time to find your niche in your gold mine area it doesn't have to be where you live um chimney pots is always a good sign uh in that it means that there are people below this chimney pots that wear clothing so you know and if the families of threes and fours they've probably got schools so you know and the, the great thing is really is that all of everyone who's listening all of their customers always want you to have branding on their top like say with the builders etc they need to be wearing branding they can't they can't go up turning up playing clothes because they no, they won't get the referral business either no. so they're always no. they might be that they maybe they let it go for 60 washes instead of 50 yeah but they're always going to come back to you and they'll always need that so if you can make sure that you're providing a good enough service you will continue to find that money coming in hopefully yeah yeah i mean more. when you talk about branding as well people might think that that means the, the the logo of the manufacturer on the outside but you've also got kind of id so it's you know so i don't steal your high vis yeah. so you've got your initials on it and it's got the maker's name in it or the promotion of it so yeah it's just identity for textiles isn't it it's uh the the name on the front you know the um, the uh, contractor's name on the back because he wants a bit of PR. Um, it's conditional that they give it to them. They can't have them work in an environment um, that where they don't have health and safety clothing, that type of thing. But if they don't brand it, it's seen as a gift. So the company needs to own it. So they need to decorate it. They need to put something on it so it's not seen as a taxable benefit in kind, I guess, for uh, 
employees. So, yeah, there's a lot of very clever business. I mean, if you sit down, if you're even if you're in your 20s and you've been through school, uni, had a couple of jobs, you, were, you lived in your local community for many years, you know a lot of people in a lot of sectors. And, you know, just start knocking on doors and asking people, you know, if I did this, would you be interested? You get enough yeses, then then you create your virtual samples. Um, then you commit to a sample, but you don't have to dive straight in and burn money. I mean, it's any fool can spend money. So your first step isn't to buy the heat press then. Your first step is to map no, out your business plan no, and get some customers. Never, not unless you've already got one um, and then you, you know how to monetize it. But Yeah, I mean, I know you guys have really covered it in some length on other discussions, but you know, starting in the right way is uh, is essential, really. You need a bit of a plan and a goal and, and just um, just to work it out, you know, sit down, make some notes. But hopefully we'll be able to support you all with uh, more of that um, in the coming months, especially next year. Try and get you, uh, everyone starting in the right place. So I guess one of the most important questions is, is ultimately why do you want to, why would you want to start a heat printing business? What is so great about being in this industry you've obviously been in it for over 30 years now what was it that you recommend to everyone um in the early days it used to feel that it was more creative people that you know core creative people they were airbrushers painters illustrators and they just wanted to get their work they weren't selling it in a frame they wanted to put on a shirt and sell it that way and um, but more so in recent years has been people just looking for a little bit of a creative outlet but just a bit more independence um We've had some super successful. I mean, I'm blown away by some of their results where people started in um, Garden Shed, gone to a slightly bigger building and then on. But because you can scale it, you just need another press, another machine, maybe some staff. You don't need to um, run the business 40 hours a week. You just don't have to do that in this industry. So if you, if you made a list of all the businesses that you'd have to do, it's not weather dependent. So it's not like landscape gardening. Um, it's creative. You haven't got to use paints and things and wait for them to dry and then try and sell them in a in a market. It's scalable, smaller. Um, you can get in for very little money. The education to nurture it can take a little while, but the basics of it you can learn in 10, 15 minutes. The actual hands-on, within an afternoon with a heat press, you would learn how to achieve it, how to apply it. There's lots of video content out there. So it's one of those industries where we've all tried very hard to educate people education is mainly free it's just your time um it's got low bar to, uh, to entry it hasn't got to cost you too much money you haven't got to invest loads it's not like thousands and thousands of pounds like a franchise you've got to spend you've got to, you're contracted to something you can stop and give up move forward accelerate slow down do whatever you want it's very easy for you to market and sell uh, sell the business everyone knows what t-shirt is everyone knows what print is most people have already got their logo designed designed you're just supplying a service to them you can scale it up if you choose to if you're super creative you can bolt on so you can create sell your own artwork um there are very few no's um very few um barriers to entry um it's scalable so you can pass it to someone else and go on holiday and fulfill it um you can turn it on and off and socially and on the internet nowadays you compete with the big boys so you can sell on Amazon, Etsy, your own Shopify site. You can go through, uh, there are people, I've known people that have started on like um, some of the reselling sites for print. And then they've decided, actually, this is doing quite well. I want to retain some of that margin. They started doing it for themselves. So from their phone or an iPad or a laptop in their bedroom, bathroom, on the bus, on the train, they can set it up, they can market it, they can have a life, they can place their orders 24 7 365 whenever they want they can supply it and deliver it when they want they could make friday afternoons their shipping day it's it's completely independent you know they've got complete flexibility and i think especially going through covid and coming out the other side i think people are saying i kind of fancy a side hustle a fancy hobby that could make me some money which is a business in my book you know hobbies don't make you don't make money out of a hobby um I think it's just completely scalable and so easy to get into. And I think with all the uh, the marketing that is done, I think people can start, they've really started to see that. Um, it's not alien to them. They've seen it or heard about it now. So um, I think that's why people jump in so quickly. And we've got some great, there's some great people on social media that are talking about how they're making a great success and being independent. I think that's a really good point, actually, is that for those that are, listing that are thinking about starting heat printing business or thinking about getting into it is that 
like other perhaps career shifts or career moves where you might have to just like you've got to almost like pull the band-aid off and go and jump straight into something else this, is, this yeah. is not what we're telling you to do no saying, i would never tell anyone to quit the day job. actually you know. You, you know you can buy a heat press for starting at 425 pounds so small investment mm. um or you can and you could put if you're spending over a thousand pounds you could put someone out on finance as well so you could really spread those costs if you really over two three years yeah cash is king keep your money yeah so yeah. that way you could you could spend month one you could spend two hours a week and, and then month two you could spend four hours a week we're trying to you can you, if you have enough business to start and go straight into full time then fantastic mm. but we're as part of that kind of sensible planning of how you should approach things is actually the great thing about heat printing is you can it can be like a tap that you can turn it on and off yeah, Basically. I mean, and for me, people like to buy from people they know, like, and trust. And yeah. you might need some T-shirts. I mean, if I knew someone who did a funky pigeon card, I'd go to them. I'd want to keep it local and give somebody I knew, liked, and trust money. They're great companies, but I don't know them. So most people say, I have no idea where to go for this type of thing in my town or city. So I just go online and Google it. And I have no idea where it's made. I kind of don't know what I'm going to get until it arrives. Um, but I'd rather probably do it, give it to someone more local, Yeah, you know. So, um, you know, the opportunities are huge. Half the time people don't um, um, achieve their goals in life is because they just don't take a, take a chance. But I'd never say to anyone, throw, you know, quit your job and do this. Um, you know, let it pay for itself and then it'll tell you if it's right at the right time. I don't think that's ever good advice to throw in a, a, a job that you may enjoy. Um, you know, you never know. I know a few people that actually do really quite well in a main job and then they've got a side hustle that is... You know, it's quite incredible, really, what they achieve. Huge, huge sales. We've had some uh, questions from some of our customers, or I did a question box on Instagram yesterday, actually, to ask people what they wish they'd have known when they started their printing business. So mm. I'm going to read. I've got three or four here that I just want to read out and get your opinion or advice okay. on. So the first one was to invest in good quality garments from the offset. Do you think that's completely necessary or do you think it's worth testing on a few different ones or do you just dive straight in with quality? Because obviously you want to provide products to your customers that they like the feel, the longevity yeah. of it. You don't want to risk going in with cheap ones if that means non repeat business. I would always suggest people that they buy products from a wholesaler that they can repeat and get that again and again and again. Mm -hmm. um, um, you can go to high street stores and buy things, but you're never guaranteed that it's there again. Uh, because seasons change so the, the color could change so if it's a school for instance you, you really need to stick to it um, if the quality of the garment is of better quality the risk the uh, the quality of the print is better the rejection percentage from customers is low or non-existent the error rate is lower they don't shrink they don't stretch mm. or um, you know tear um, because the manufacturers who make blanks for uh, decoration are selling to the trade so they have a different level of expectation and standard they're not expensive they're really not expensive you you, you, you from the top of the range to the bottom of the range of even a blank from a wholesale re retailer um there's not much there's probably a pound or two difference if that but it does make all the difference so i would say it does pay you need to get advice on that i know you've got some we've got some great content on that um you know, and we are very honest and sincere about that. We all the brands that we work with are because they're proven. They're proven first, and then we work with these people um, and these brands and these companies. So, if we advise or other industry leaders advise, you know, th there is a reason for that. So, I would say it's your um, canvas that your paint is going on, your creation, your creative work is going on to. So, the better that is, and the better the print that goes on top of it, the more chance you've got of repeat business, better margins um um and uh happy customers which is what you want really there's a difference in price between cheap and premium like what it is it is really isn't much and if that depend if that's part of the identity of your brand it's definitely worth paying for yeah if you can go out and promote and say the the quality of the the decoration will wash 50 60 plus washes uh the garment won't shrink it won't do this it won't do that it won't throw it won't fall apart and it'll be good it'll hold its color and you can repeat and buy this shirt again this year next year and the year after for everyone a day mm. within reason yeah, yeah um if our customers tell their customers that they go okay well again it's that reassurance thing i've got to worry about this i've got to worry about that it's not going to fall off in the wash it's going to stay on it's not going to shrink 
and I can get them at the end of the school year when XX need more. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's quite critical, really. But there's only two things, isn't there? There's the decoration and the garment. Mm. So um, if you get those two things nailed and the decoration method, you understand that well, you can really, really thrive. And just repeat, repeat, repeat. Uh, a good T-shirt for uh, a school is no different to a good T-shirt for a workwear T-shirt. So you stick to some core brands, you dial in your recipe, you know they work. Um, you can scale that and teach your team if you have one. Um, um, it just makes life so much simpler and easier. I'd stick to two or three brands for T-shirts, two or three brands for hoodies and jackets, and probably kind of leave it there. Um, we can direct you to those in notes in, the, in this podcast or others. But, um, yeah, keep it simple. Keep it simple but quali of quality. And then you'll find there's no rejects um, and you haven't got to spend time and energy trying to apologize to people. Wholesale T-shirts are designed to be decorated as well, which I think is quite it's their core thing. purpose. It's, and I'll, but I would encourage everyone who's thinking about it, to buy a cheap two-pound T-shirt from a supermarket and try and decorate onto it, and do that at the same time with a slightly better product. Wash them both, and you'll see after sort of five, ten washes where the difference is. And yeah, and we're a very polite nation. So if the customer's customer has a problem, they will probably that'll result in them not coming back, but you won't know that why. So you don't learn from it. So you just keep repeating the problem until someone is comes in and complains. Yeah, so that's the biggest care. thing that we get with application is people say, I've said it a million and one times before, but with things like pressure, time, temperature, we go over it all the time. People will apply a transfer to a T-shirt. Well, not all of our customers, obviously. Most of you follow the recipe very, very well. Um, but some of them do tend to apply a transfer wrong, but it goes on okay. And they go, oh, yeah, but that's fine. But it's not... It comes off in, I don't know, if you don't apply it properly, we can't guarantee the 60 plus washes if you haven't followed our instruction and you don't see that in 10, 20 washes when it comes off and the customer thinks it's a bad product. No, that's not what they see when they ship it out the door. Foul in the customer's hands. Yeah, but that's what happens and that's what they don't see. So I think that's a really yeah, important yeah, yeah. thing to think about. Yeah, it's okay. You want to kind of nip that in the bud before it happens really. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Deal with the root cause of a problem, which is usually the blank. Mm. It's a you know, the quality's not quite there. Yeah. Um, another one we had was gang sheets, obviously. That's a big one for people. Definitely yeah, need mean, to be gang sheet in your designs. You know, 10 years ago, we didn't offer it because we thought everybody wanted a, a small cut sheet. Mm. Um, but what we found was that um, if you take a square piece of paper that's 10 by 10 and you put a circle badge on it, without trying, there's already about 30% worth of waste there. And we had to cover the waste, the cost of the paper. So what we say to people is, gang it, nest them in. You know, if you've got ease, try and nudge them mm. in. As long as you can get a knife between it, um, you will find that, I mean, we leave millions, millions of pounds on the table every year because we do gang sheets. But it facilitates business that we probably wouldn't have got, but it fuels customers' chance to actually make a profit. Mm. So we do it because it's a long-term uh, philosophy that pays dividends to the customer and hopefully pays dividends to us. They could go elsewhere um, after that, but it does make a massive difference. Like I said earlier, next year is it's never been more critical to cut costs and make sure that you're on your numbers, you know your numbers. And we don't charge for gang sheets. It's something worth noting as yeah, well. Yeah, we don't charge any more for it. I mean, if it's an A3, one large print, it is what it is. But if you can get as many on there as possible, and because we turn things quick, I would say prepare it and then wait because there's always another job that comes. You go, oh, I wish I had put that on and you'll find especially with ultra color which is multiple colors you can put black white multicolored designs on it do what you want um you would you, i mean i've got customers i mean i've seen sheets i've stopped looking now but there was i was running a little mental competition in my head there were some customers that had 122 logos and they three sheet and you think that's a hundred i mean they're probably all going on a t-shirt or a polo they're probably there's there's easily six seven hundred pounds worth of sales from probably a 60 pound um transfer print yeah. job i mean it, it's unbelievable and you think well fair play you know we we allowed it but you've you know you're a gold medalist making there. the most of it yeah you've really rinsed us there but fantastic That's... i love seeing it when people tag us in their gang sheet orders on like socials and they show us what they've been doing and it is like a bit of a competition now as to who yeah. which customer yeah. can get more yeah, designs on their sheet a blade or a pair of scissors between it yeah full power to you. you should do what you can yeah we've made that mistake before 
we've all made that mistake before. Um, another one we had was about leaving enough time between ordering and shipping. So I know obviously our turnaround time is two days, but we've had situations before where the courier companies have either been late or things have been delayed and customers then are running on a bit of a tight turnaround from what they promised their customers. Yes, so yes. even if you everything runs smoothly, we produce the transfers in two days, it gets sent within a day, it's at your door, you confuse it and send it out the same day. Mm-hmm. That doesn't always happen. Once it leaves us, we don't have control over the courier. No, so don't. it's worth giving yourself a bit of leeway if you have it yeah we're in crazy times i mean obviously uh we don't send anything via the post because we can't really kind of track it and Mm. they are they're having their own troubles so we do put through couriers and uh you know we've been we've dealt with every courier in the land uh we look after the drivers just for people you know that we please use the facilities get a coffee if you have time but it's a tough business that they're in there you know they've got to do lots of pickup lots of drops and like you said, when it leaves here, in good faith, we pay for the service. Uh, customer pays their part, and it hopefully gets delivered. But sometimes there are delays. But what that also does is it reminds us of how critical the turn is, the quick mm. turn, because people are saying, "I've got this planned. I've actually got staff in, and it hasn't turned up yet." So obviously, there's not much that we can do. Even if we printed it again to try and help them out, it's still going to get to wherever. Um, is that people are planning their our customers? and new ones that are coming on board all the time are planning their day and week and month around the delivery. So they expect it to turn up because they've turned the machines on and they're ready. So, um, yeah, it's a tough one. We don't control that. You know, if Hotronics could make lorries and uh, we could hire the drivers, it would be ideal. But, uh, you know, there's so many customers in so many parts of the country, we just can't do that. But, yeah, it's a challenge. I, w- I would say for anyone listening that's never ordered transfers, that is that it's, 99.5 percent of the time it's oh yeah definitely because we have those build those relationships it's going coming back around yeah. to business efficiencies is actually so we would test we tested every single courier to get transfers placed on time to make sure that we have the most reliable the quickest because we know that turnaround is important so mm. that um it's only a rare occasion when that would happen yeah and in the yeah. background we are always hustling we're talking to the local hub you know we're making sure you know is there anything we need to know that's not going to happen this week so yeah, I mean we're in talks with them every day, all day, um, across uh, customer service and um, shipping department. So yeah, yeah, we do our best. I know they do, but um, everyone is um, wanting things faster now. So you know, there's a lot of courier drivers out there on the road now. Yeah, but it's like you say, it's an easy, easy business to get into. There's minimal error when it comes to actually fusing the products and sending them out. If you're following all of our lovely YouTube videos online and podcasts, yeah, which I invite you to do. The education <laughs> is free. It's uh, it's very rich. It's good content. Yeah, I wish I had had that. 30 years ago it wouldn't have taken me the first 10 years to learn it well that was the last one on the list is oh, that okay. i'd wished i'd spent more time not me obviously the printer customer had wished he'd spent more time educating himself before he'd started the business or even just as you go yeah. you don't have to i mean it would be good to sit down and educate yourself for a couple of hours before you buy the press before you talk to customers that kind of thing but even as you go spend 10 20 minutes a couple of times a week just watching a few videos and you might learn something that you didn't think you needed to know that would help your business even further yeah if you're starting out from scratch um business plans you know most people yawn when they hear the word business plan <laughs> it, could be, it doesn't have to be really in depth is i'd always ask people you know what is it that you're trying to achieve from the business define a few objectives write down just some basic goals and then and only then decide what that looks like with equipment and training and other things and even then i wouldn't spend any money i'd ask as many people as many questions as i could until i got to a point where every time i woke up in the morning go what of what is it that i need to know before i make a decision and when you realize there's nothing else to ask you go now it's time the danger is on finance or with a card even when it's you know inexpensive four five hundred pounds to get into it anyone can spend money and you should look at your education first so i would ask those those basic questions and watch content. I mean, we've got some great content. Styles uh, TV have got some fantastic content as well. Um, and I just educate, self-educate. But like you said, grab a coffee. That's the first expense. Go and get a coffee, sit down and just mull it over. Um, there's loads of tools. You guys have got some great ebooks as well that people can read and di- um, digest. And it just poses some questions to yourself before you get going. 
Cool. I I don't have anything else to add for today. I think that's been really helpful for anyone who's either in the industry or thinking about starting. I think is going to be the biggest one for next year. So thank you for for joining us for another episode. uh, Inviting me, I appreciate. Have you got anything else to add, Andy? Before we wrap up, make sure you try and disrupt your own business when you finish listening to this. What can you do to be better, faster, smarter? Um, There's lots of great ideas that Martin's put forward today, and try, like I said, try and get a piece of paper and just write down some things you could do. Even it's just a case of moving the most popular vinyl rolls closer to your cutter or moving your mm. t- most popular t-shirts closer to your heat press just yeah. little things that could save you so much time and yeah open up your capacity to be uh to be much higher volume than it already is yeah sometimes you need to step away from the business and look at it from an outside perspective rather than being in it every day so yeah. definitely we challenge you to take 10 minutes now and uh, sit down and evaluate your business yeah. Um, but that's no that's everything for this week's episode thank you martin thank thanks you andy and yeah make sure to subscribe on whichever platform you are watching or listening on today and we'll be back next week with another episode